Welcome to Friends and Daggers, the daily vlog cast that opens up the scriptures and helps us understand the person and the work of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. Now, all throughout the scriptures, God is making promises. Uh, where the unholy trinity lies to us, the holy trinity makes covenants, makes promises, binding agreements that God himself will say, my word is my bond. And the purpose of those covenants is to bring two separated parties together in an unbroken relationship. There are these covenants that God makes with Noah uh, and all of humanity. The covenant he makes with Abraham, that one day from this chosen family, the seed will come, the seed of the woman that will crush the head of the serpent. God is saying, I'm going to do this for the world. I will keep my word. I will be faithful. Now, one of the covenants that God makes is to David, that from David, the Messiah will come, the son of David, the king. We see this covenant, this promise in 2 Samuel chapter 7. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, God speaks to David and says, when your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, who will come from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 13. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And I will be his father, and he will be my son. And when he does wrong, I will punish him with the rod of men, with floggings inflicted by men, but my love will never be taken away from him as I took away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And then this promise, 2 Samuel 7, verse 16. Your house, David, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. So from David's family, a Messiah will come, the anointed one, the king. Now, there'll be many kings after David, and their hearts will wander, and God will punish them because they have broken covenant with him. But there will be this one, this perfect one who will come, who will take all the sins of the kings, all the sins of the people upon himself, and he will be the anointed one. Now, we know, Matthew chapter 1, there is a genealogy that is given with, with purpose. It begins this way, a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. It's like saying all the covenants are being fulfilled in Jesus. That promise to Abraham, well, here it is in Jesus. That promise to David, here it is in Jesus. Now, Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, the people had this expectation that a son of David would come to rule and to reign, and that he would be called the chosen one. So in Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, it says, As Jesus went out from there, two men, two blind men followed him, and they were calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. Have mercy on us. Calling out uh, to Jesus, recognizing that he is the promised one, the Messiah. Have mercy on us, son of David. Now, John chapter 18, Pilate, another ruler, has Jesus stand before him. And he goes uh, and he questions Jesus and he asks him, Are you the king of the Jews? 
And Jesus responds in John chapter 18. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. Pilate says, well, you're a king then. And Jesus says, well, you're right. You're right in saying I'm a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this reason I came into the world to testify to the truth, and everyone on the side of truth listens to me. So there Jesus, the king of kings, is standing before an earthly ruler, but he's declaring that he's a different type of king. Not swords, not dominion, not places of earthly power but rather he is a servant. And this servant will go to the cross and die for the sins of the world, and he will rule there, and he will reign. He will crush the head of the serpent, and the sign over his head will be, this is the king of the Jews. A fulfillment of all of the promises that one day God will send his son to crush the head of the serpent. Acts chapter 2, in, in the Pentecost sermon, Uh, Peter says, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. And then Peter says, quoting a psalm, Psalm 110, For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. So when kings would go out to battle and would win, they would come and uh, they would mark the engravings of those that they had defeated on a stool and they would put their feet on top of the stool and they would sit there and they would rule and reign. Now, the ascension of Jesus, 40 days after his resurrection, you could see it as a coronation. He has defeated sin. He has defeated death and the devil. He forever rules and reigns. And the scriptures talk about now how all things are under his his feet. So again, the good news. One day, to the people of God, wandering in the wilderness, one day there will be one who will be the fulfillment of all all of the covenants. He will be the seed of Abraham. He will be the son of David. He will be the perfect one who will make atonement for the sins of the world And in doing that, he will give to us his righteous works. And so he will rule and he will reign forever.